Welcome to HDE Home Care. HDE Home Care is a family-owned company that hires service providers to work with people with disabilities. We support children and adults at home and in the community to accomplish daily activities. This is Success Stories with HDE, and I am Lexi Zia. Normally, we talk about success stories among our clients and employees here at HDE. But this month, it is the anniversary of the American with Disabilities Act being written into law. It's the 33rd anniversary as of Wednesday, July 26th, 2023. And we will be discussing the history of the ADA, the importance of inclusion, and all that comes with it. The Americans with Disabilities Act was written into law on July 26, 1990. Before that time, people with disabilities did not have the same protections as other protected groups. And due to the lack of protections, the fair treatment of people with disabilities was left open to a very wide and sometimes disturbing interpretation. A haunting example in Oregon's history of the mistreatment of people with disabilities is the Fairview Training Center. Luckily, this center no longer exists, but it's known as one of the darkest things in Oregon's history for the mistreatment of people with epilepsy and developmental disabilities. The Fairview Training Center was opened in the early 1900s. But in 1985, government funding was immediately revoked when the Department of Justice realized how many people were being mistreated, tortured, and abused. Now, I realize that this is probably hard to listen to. I know that it's hard for me to listen to and think about as well. But oftentimes, we have to revisit history and the mistreatment of protected groups in order to realize the importance of laws like the ADA. It's very easy, especially for someone like myself, who was born around the time that the ADA was written into law, to feel as if this has always been the way things are and that people with disabilities have always had fair protections. But that's just not the case. And actually, there's quite a bit of dark history and mistreatment among this community. So it's important to acknowledge that These laws are so important, and as a community, we need to make sure that we are acknowledging the treatment of others and their human rights. There's a long and drawn-out history of how the ADA came to be. It started in the 70s when the Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act was brought into law, and basically that prevented people with disabilities from being discriminated against and made it so that they were allowed to receive public funding. Unfortunately, before this time, people with disabilities were barely considered human. And because of this, they were not supported. They were often hidden tucked away, put into insane asylums, and kept away from the public view. It wasn't for another decade, however, that the first draft of the ADA was written. It wasn't improved into law until 1990, but the first draft was written in 1988. 
So as you can see, this was a very long and drawn out process and extremely far overdue. It's so easy to see laws like the ADA and assume that they will always be and have always been. But it's so important to continue speaking up about the mistreatment that occurred before this law existed so that we can never return to the historical injustice and mistreatment of these protected groups of people. Now that we've discussed a little bit of the history of the treatment of people with disabilities and what life was like before the Americans with Disabilities Act came into law, now we will discuss what the ADA covers and what it means for people with disabilities. The definition of a disability under the ADA is an impairment that significantly limits someone's physical or mental capacity in one or more major life activities. The ADA protects anyone who falls under this definition from being discriminated against public access, public transportation, and job opportunities. The American with Disabilities Act also made it possible to hold businesses to certain standards so that people who use wheelchairs, have hearing impairments, have visual impairments, can access a public building just the same as anyone else. This includes regulating accommodations like disabled parking spots, elevators, or access ramps, even safety items such as fire alarms, exit signs, and emergency exits. Now, living in a city like Portland, you may be thinking to yourself, wait a minute, I've been to many buildings that do not have that kind of access for people with disabilities. And you are correct. There are still a large amount of businesses that are in a certain classification that if they were built before a certain time, they do not have to comply if it causes some sort of hardship financially. State and government buildings are held to a separate classification where they are required to grant public access to all and have accommodations to people with disabilities, especially since it's very important that someone with a disability, in order to be treated equally, would be able to access something like the Department of Motor Vehicles, the library, the public courthouse, in case they need to do jury duty. I would encourage you the next time that you are out and about, if you are a non-disabled person or a disabled person, you can try this as well, to acknowledge all of the things that are set into place in order to make it easier for someone with a disability to access a public place especially because those were most likely set into motion after the ADA was passed into law. Now, I'm a strong believer that we still have a long ways to go as far as providing equal access to people with disabilities and appropriate public accommodations. But I also believe that it is very important to acknowledge that we have been heading in the right direction for the last 33 years. And it's extremely important for people with disabilities to be active members of society. 
Now, those of you who are listening who are an able-bodied person, who maybe you are unfamiliar with this history or this law, and you're wondering how you can make a difference and be more inclusive, the best advice I can give you is to be an advocate in your daily life and keep an eye out for things that are unsafe or would cause it so that someone with a disability could not access a public place. Me, myself, as someone with physical disability, uh, it can get very exhausting having to plan ahead no matter where I go, whenever I'm going to a building or a restaurant. A lot of times I have to call ahead and ask them what kind of seating they have, ask them if they have stairs. If you are out and you notice something that could be potentially unsafe for a person with a disability, be an advocate and say something. That is the ultimate way to be inclusive to everyone. It may not make a huge difference in your day, but it could make a world of difference for someone who has a disability of some kind. I would also encourage anyone who oversees employees or has a business to question yourself on how inclusive you are being towards your employees. It can be easy not to notice things that could be less than inclusive for employees you have who have some sort of disability. A lot of times public buildings and businesses think that if they are meeting the minimum requirements like having public parking, having disabled parking, having elevators that work, they assume that they're being inclusive. But a lot of times other small things throughout the day can be less than inclusive. An example I heard one time that I thought was really interesting was happy hour for employees and how it can exclude someone who is going through a sobriety journey and it can also exclude certain religious groups. And that was something I had never thought about because it's seemingly innocent. You're going out to drinks, you're doing something nice for your employees, you're taking them out after work. But it made so much sense to me. If someone is going through recovery, they don't want their coworkers to know, most likely. If someone can't drink due to religion, they don't necessarily want to disclose that for fear of being treated differently. And the same thing goes with someone who is physically or mentally disabled. They may not want to disclose that something is difficult for them or it's something that they can't be part of for fear of being othered. This is a complex subject because it's not necessarily always easy to ask someone how they feel, especially if they do have a disability. It's a sensitive subject. However, I would encourage business owners to have an open dialogue have an open door, and also possibly do things like send out surveys. If you have someone on your team who you know has a disability or is a a specific religious group, 
or you may not know that at all, but making the assumption that someone could be and operating in that way, just in case, will ensure that you always have an inclusive environment because even if you don't have someone who is part of one of those groups right now, you probably will at some point in your work lifetime. And keeping an open dialogue prevents those feelings from stemming in the first place. Most people or managers or business owners or people who are part of the community do not intend to be harmful or exclusionary in any way, shape, or form. It's a lack of knowledge. And so in educating yourself, you're preventing this from happening in the first place. You are showing your employees and your coworkers that you want to be inclusive. You want people to feel like they can be involved and feel safe in their workplace. Thank you for listening to the HDE Home Care Podcast. To learn more about how our company helps people with disabilities, please visit www.hdehomecare.com.